0: Are you not entertained? How about that for a Saturday of college football? Unbelievable. That's why it's one of the most popular sports uh, on the planet Earth. And uh, what a Saturday it was. Welcome in. This is our ESPN College Game Day post game. We are not doing our post game live anymore because we want to have you be able to listen to it on demand through one of our podcast channels, whether it's our ESPN montana podcast channel or our big sky breakdown skyline sports podcast channel we also want you to be able to listen to it on espn radio on sunday to get you all set up for your football sunday i'm Coulter duanez thanks so much for hanging out with us no matter how you're listening to this podcast if you're listening on sunday morning stay tuned we got a doubleheader nfl season officially underway on thursday the nfl began with the Buffalo Bills drilling the Los Angeles Rams, but the full slate of NFL action week one gets started today. We have the Baltimore Ravens against the New York Jets at 11 o'clock, and then we have the Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, a pivotal NFC North showdown at 2.30. Are you not entertained? I led with, because of what went on around college football in the state of montana which will give you just the briefest of brief recaps on the montana state game because it was a 63-13 to drubbing of morehead state not a lot to analyze not a very competitive opponent certainly not a competitive game and a sort of an anomalous game too because montana state had basically no running backs they were up 28-0 at the end of the first quarter and uh, up 35-3 with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter and they uh they didn't have anybody to hand the ball to, so they were having to run unorthodox offense. They still ended up scoring 63 points, uh, did whatever they wanted, uh, offensively, defensively. The game in Missoula, dominant win by the Montana Grizzlies as well, 24-7 over South Dakota. It was everything else that happened in college football. That was wild and crazy, so let's take a look all the way down. I, I, it's a hard for us to follow FBS college games because we're always covering Big Sky Conference college games. But I got all sorts of texts and comments and feedback. You watching this game? You, you seeing this game? No, I'm not. But I love the updates, and so keep them coming for sure. Uh, but the first one I started hearing about was Texas. Texas had Alabama on the ropes. They were up 16-10 to 10 late in the fourth quarter. They uh, ended up going down 17-16. But then they got a couple, a third and a fourth down stop that looked like they stemmed and, sw- and swung the tide, and uh, they get another field goal. So they're up 19 17, but Alabama scores uh, in the waning seconds, and Alabama escapes, the number one team in the country. They were 33 point favorites over Texas, and they eke out a 20 19 win. That started, though, what was a crazy day uh, in college football, including several powerhouses. They have some of the best home field advantages in anywhere in college football, uh, all losing in their home venues. App State went into uh, College Station, went to Kyle Field, and beat Texas A&M 17-14, the number six Texas A&M Aggies go down on their home field. Marshall went into Notre Dame and knocked off the Irish in South Bend 26-21. Marshall, uh, gets it got to be their first win ever over Notre Dame. And certainly one of the biggest wins in their entire history, knocking off the number eight Irish. And uh, Notre Dame now looking for answers big time. They're 0-3 under Marcus Freeman after losing their bowl game last year and starting out 0-2 uh, this year. Kentucky, which has quietly been one of the best teams in the country, even though they've been the fourth, fifth, or sixth team in the SEC. Uh, they're doing a great job. Coach Stoops doing a great job there. They go into Gainesville, into the Swamp, and knock off Florida, the number 12 team in the country. Kentucky wins 26-16 there in Gainesville. And then Washington State, a week after having to eke it out against Idaho, they go into Camp Randall, into Madison, Wisconsin, and knock off the Badgers, 24-17. Wisconsin ranked number 19 in that one. So pretty impressive effort there. Also, some big wins in the Big Sky Conference as well, headlined by... Weber State knocking off Utah State, 35 to seven. Weber State had four interceptions. They hold uh, Utah State to no offensive touchdowns. What an effort uh, by the Wildcats uh, to trounce the Aggies. First FBS win by Weber State since 1993. Northern Arizona, which had a hard time against Arizona State last week, only 40 to third or 40 to three, excuse me, uh, a loss to open their season. They go on the road to Huntsville, Texas, and they knock off Sam Houston, a transitioning FCS to FBS squad that was the 2021 spring national champion, a quarterfinalist in the fall playoffs a year ago. Uh, So a huge win by NAU on the road. And now North Dakota coming to town, and if NAU could get that one, they got a little momentum going into what is one of the more favorable Big Sky Conference schedules. I thought if NAU could just get one win in the non-conference, it might set them up to be at least a bubble playoff team if they can get another win next week over North Dakota, a team that beat Northern Iowa today. Uh, NAU it, it will definitely be uh, in the mix, definitely worthy of being in the conversation. Uh, other Big Sky Conference scores: Oregon trounced Eastern Washington, seventy to fourteen. Eastern gets a week off, and then they got to go to the swamp to play Florida. Crazy. Montana again a twenty four seven victory over South Dakota. Montana State, a 63-13 victory over Moorhead State, so both the Treasure States' Division I football programs move to 2-0 this season. Washington destroys Portland State, 52-6. Wyoming takes care of business against Northern Colorado, 33-10. Cal Poly had just two wins last year, and one of them was against San Diego. They got another one against San Diego, but it wasn't quite as easy. They get uh, past the Toreros, 28-27, for their first win of the season. South Dakota State, the number two team in the country, they hosted number 25 UC Davis on Saturday, and uh, Davis gave them all they could handle, but South Dakota State stays undefeated with a 24-22 victory. San Diego State, no problem with Idaho State, 38-7, second straight Mountain West loss for the Bengals after getting rolled up by UNLV uh, in week zero. And Idaho was up 10-0 in Bloomington, Indiana, over Indiana of the Big Ten. But the Hoosiers rally in the second half. They really dominated in the third and fourth quarters, and uh, Indiana pulls away for a thirty-five to twenty-two victory. You're listening to our ESPN College Game Day post game in association with Skyline Sports. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you either on your podcast channel or on your radio dial. Appreciate you, no matter which way you were listening in. Let's take a look quickly at the Montana State game before we get some real analysis about the Montana game. Later on in this podcast, we're going to hear from Bobby Houck, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, his senior quarterback, Lucas Johnson, and senior captain linebacker, Patrick O'Connell. I we'll also hear from Bob Nielsen, the head coach of South Dakota, uh, who brought the Coyotes uh, to Missoula and uh, left with a 24-7 loss for a team that made the playoffs last year. Over in Bozeman, not a very competitive game. Moorhead State, a Pioneer Football League squad. Non-scholarship for Moorhead, Kentucky. And uh, they got rolled up last week by Mercer. They get rolled up this week by Montana State, 63-13. The Bobcats uh, win going away. They're up 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. They were up 35-3 to uh, early in the second quarter, 42-3 to midway through the second quarter. I mean, they could have scored as many points as they wanted, and... uh Really got away from Moorhead State, even with Montana State being so shorthanded. That was the story of the game. Isaiah Fonse, the All-American, he remains out indefinitely. Kagan Williams, San Diego State graduate transfer, he also remains out indefinitely. Lane Sumner, who went for 176 yards last week in MSU's 40-17 win over McNeese State, he was unavailable for this game. So true freshman Jared White, he gets his first start of his career and uh, he goes down early with what looked like a high ankle sprain. And so Montana State basically had no running backs. Brett Vegan talked about Elijah Elliott, Garrett Kuhn also being potentially in the mix. Elliott ended up getting four carries today. Kuhn was nowhere to be found. RJ Fitzgerald, the fullback, got a couple carries. Other than that, almost all of Montana State's rushing attempts came from quarterbacks Sean Chambers and Tommy Mallott, as well as wide receivers like Marquis Johnson. Cleveland Thomas, but they proved they could still run the ball. 390 yards rushing. So the Bobcats are averaging seven yards at 55. Got off to a really slow start throwing the football, but then got it locked in a little bit. He was 16 of 22 for 265 yards and two touchdowns. So good statistics for him. Uh, the Bobcats looked okay on offense. They looked good on offense considering they scored 63 points. They got the ball to the tight end more effectively, which I think is going to be a key for them. Traiton Pickering, Five catches, 98 yards. Uh, Ravy Alston had five catches for 96 yards. Willie Patterson, three catches for 51 yards. And uh, Derek Snell, the tight end, he had another catch for uh, nine yards as well. But other than that, I mean, it was a non-competitive game on Bozeman. Montana State did whatever they wanted. They really rolled in that one. And uh, we'll have more analysis of it on Monday during is Now, my daily radio show during the Montana Football Hour. But uh, Montana State expected to be 2-0 after two home games uh, to begin the season. And they are 2-0, and and now they take the, the show on the road to go play a talented Oregon State team in downtown Portland uh, at Providence Park uh, against uh, a Pac-12 opponent. ESPN College game day post-game podcast recap, as well as maybe you're listening on your Sunday morning. If you are listening on Sunday, we got NFL action Coming up. Let's talk about the Grizz game. The two overwhelming storylines coming out of Montana's 47 0 win over Northwestern State. Just how good the Grizz defense looked. Just how nice Lucas Johnson looks as a quarterback. Same storylines coming out of the South Dakota game. Montana looked great on their first two offensive, two or three offensive possessions. They were up 13 to nothing. You, You could never really imagine a better start than what they had. Their defense was cranking on all cylinders. And then once they had that big lead, uh, you just wonder if they get conservative, if it's play calling, if it's part of the tactic, or uh, what the deal is. But Montana, they've sort of had absent stretches offensively after building early leads, but it doesn't matter because the defense just goes and gets them the ball back over and over and over again. They're so good on third down, Montana is. Their pass rush is uh, second to none. They do it in such an unorthodox creative and ferocious fashion and uh the the tail of the tape in this one 12 first downs for the coyotes only 209 yards of total offense they extended their scoreless streak to 135 minutes and uh so a shutout in week one a near shutout in week two if it wasn't for a 25 yard touchdown run by thomas tice uh, montana Fully dominant in this game. I thought South Dakota was a good team. Good offensive line. Actually, really good offensive line. Good on the defensive front. They weren't getting completely tossed around or manhandled. Uh, they were able to physically hang with Montana. Uh, I thought their running back, Thomas Tice, was very good. I thought their quarterback, Cameron Champ, even though he got completely battered and bruised and and uh, run roughshod, he was still solid. Uh, I thought Wesley Ellador, who was their number one receiver, number nine, he was a very good player. And on defensively, I thought their secondary had great speed and some great athletes. I thought Miles Harden, who had a fumble recovery when Junior Brigham fumbled in the red zone, which, by the way, that was probably the biggest flaw of Montana, was they did cough the ball up inside the 20-yard line twice. One time, Junior Brigham lost it. Miles Harden gained it. And uh, that that would have given Montana a three-possession lead, but instead South Dakota takes over. Harden also had a pick later on. I thought number one was very good for South Dakota. And then I also thought Trey Thomas, the linebacker there uh, for the Coyotes, he had a tackle for loss and a forced fumble and uh, was a, looked really good physically as well. I thought South Dakota has good talent. You can see why they were a playoff team a year ago. But Montana, they just looked better. And as Bobby Houck said in the postgame, he was never uncomfortable. Even with the red zone turnovers, even with some of the glitches uh, that his team experienced. They're having ups and downs uh, on offense sometimes. Defensively, though, they look like an absolutely well-oiled machine that's just so dead set on pitching a shutout every time out. Here's what Bobby Alck had to say in his post-game press conference evaluating his team's overall effort in their 24-7 victory over South Dakota. All
1: right, Great. Uh, we're excited to be 2-0. It's a, that's a really good win over a uh a- quality football team that's well coached, well prepared, uh, Like the way we came out and played and, and uh, took the win. That was great. I think it's uh, long longest streak not to give up a point in Grizzly history, and I think the biggest point differential in two games
0: in like 75 years, so good start by our team. Coach, what do you think of your defense's ability to respond no matter what happens? I mean, it doesn't matter if the offense is just coming off a touchdown or a turnover. They seem to rise to the occasion. How?
1: I don't know. I should let Pat answer that. I think it's the way they're trained day in, day out.
2: Yeah, I'd say the same thing. Um, we work on it a lot. We uh, we work on sudden change stops and um, situations like that. So I think it's a testament to the coaching staff for getting us prepared and knowing what's going to happen, especially after stuff like that.
0: And when the offense has a quick start, how much does that inspire you? I mean, you guys are up 13 nothing after your first two possessions. probably feeling pretty good.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the dream of being on defense. You can – um, just go cut it loose, knowing that um, the offense has your back. That's a, that's a, the epitome of of being on defense, I think, because you uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna do what they do, and it I was pretty awesome today.
0: The other undeniable storyline for this college football team: Coulter Nuwana's ESPN Radio, as well as uh, any of your podcast channels. Appreciate you joining us here for this ESPN College Game Day post game recap podcast slash radio segment. Is Lucas Johnson, the senior quarterback, graduate transfer from San Diego State. He was the model of efficiency uh, again on Saturday. Started out 18 of 20, finished 22 of 28, threw for 180 yards, completed almost 80% of his passes, and uh, also rushed 13 times for 75 yards, which was the team high, scored two touchdowns on the ground. So thought Johnson was good, poised, savvy. You could tell he's just confident. He's got a good feel for the game, good feel in the pocket. And uh, he also knows exactly the style they want him to play, even though he is a pretty electric athlete with a lot of great skill. Uh, he's a guy that uh, is playing within himself, playing within the offense, and playing within the style Montana wants him to. Even though if they wanted to, they could definitely put hit on him uh, to try to go win them football games. But instead, uh, he's just a important And certainly game-changing cog in what this Montana team wants to do, but they're not just putting it all on him uh, to go out and win them games. Here's Lucas Johnson on what it's like playing with this Grizz defense and uh, what he thinks of is his responsibility uh, to guide this Montana team as a senior captain for the number two team in the FCS do you prioritize having a quick start when you know you you have a defense like you do
3: yeah I mean it means a lot you always want to go out there and start fast and uh, you know we always know that our defense is going to show up and you know it's going to be there they're going to be in there they're going to be stout they're going to uh, get us the ball back so you know we just got to do our part and uh, you know scoring touchdowns and uh, taking care of the ball yeah I mean on offense I mean we got up early but I think we kind of let off the gas a little bit I feel like we have to be able to you know put teams down when we're up like that and our defense did a really good job but uh you know as an offense i think we started well but we kind of faded so we gotta uh, we're gonna go back to the uh watch some film and we're gonna you know get better for next week
4: you've only been sacked once i think in the two games obviously a lot of credit to the offensive line um but how do you sort of develop that sense of timing to get the ball out or to take off and run
3: uh when you're feeling somebody coming i mean a lot of that is just the O line i mean i've been back there you know, they've given me a lot of time. And, you know, we, we practice getting the ball out quick, but a lot of it is all the line. They've been doing a really good job of keeping me upright back there.
0: South Dakota came into this game after getting shut out by Kansas State. They almost got shut out in this one as well. Bob Nielsen, the head coach, he was not happy uh, with the way his team performed uh, in this football game, uh, particularly offensively. But he also was very, very complimentary of Montana and the defense that they play and the pressure they're able to put on quarterbacks and opposing offenses. Here's Bob Nielsen following his team's 24 to seven loss at Montana in Missoula.
4: First of all, uh, congratulations, coach Houck. Uh, he's got a really, a really good football team. Um, we knew they were re- really good. We knew, um, you we're, we were going to have to make some things happen, uh, today. Um, you know playing on the road here against a, a very seasoned and talented group. Um, you know, we we, uh, we played really poorly offensively. Um, really disappointed with, with that performance. Um, uh, defensively, uh, they come after you. They keep coming after you. Um, and we just didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have very good answers today. And that's, you know, that's our fault. Um, you know, we got to coach better, obviously, on that side of the football. Um, you know, I like the way our guys fought to the end. Um, uh, you know, we... Got a little momentum there at the end of the um, towards the end of the, the fourth quarter, um, and uh, but it was uh, it was too little, uh, too late. Um, you know, you you uh, you got to play that kind of football from the very beginning to have a chance to win here. When the Grizz get off
0: to a start like that, how difficult is it? I mean, when they're up thirteen nothing, and they can let their defense kind of just cut it loose.
4: Yeah, it you, you know, uh, you know, you're, they're not the kind of team you want to play from behind against, that's for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's two weeks in a row now. You know, we, we haven't played very well right out of the gate, giving up a couple of big plays, uh, which is atypical uh, of us uh, defensively. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that you got to be able to do if that happens is you got to be able to throw some counter punches. Um, and, and offensively, you know, we, we had a chance to make a few big plays. You know, we had some guys uh, behind coverage. Uh, Had a guy, you know, we had a chance to complete a pass for a touchdown there in in, uh, uh, the second quarter. Um, Had one to start the third quarter that could have been a big play. And uh, when you get those kinds of opportunities uh, against a really good defensive football team, you better capitalize on a few of them uh, because at least that makes them uh, pay a price for all the pressure that they put on you.
0: The Grizz defense littered with stars once again. Five sacks uh, for the second week in a row. Patrick O'Connell. Had one-and-a-half sacks. I thought he actually even had two-and-a-half sacks. I thought he had two solos and then contributed, shared one with, with Hank Noose. But either way, Hank Noose got on the board hit uh, his first half sack of the season. Tyler Flink, Missoula Big guy who scored a touchdown on a block punt last week. He had his first career sack uh, in this one. And Braxton Hill put the exclamation point on. He had a sack in the north end zone uh, for a safety uh, for his first sack of the season as well. Just how does the Grizz defense do it? I've been analyzing this defense now for uh, four seasons since Bobby Howick's returned, five full years, and it is quite the intricate and aggressive dance that they do. It's not just defensive linemen sacrificing themselves. It's not just high pressure and read-based and zone-based blitzes. It's not just the ability to run multiple coverages on the back end. Uh, It's all in synchronicity, and I think it takes an unbelievable level of physical conditioning, an unbelievable level of discipline, and an unbelievable level of training. And I think that's why a team that has so many veteran dudes, that's why they're operating this defense at such an unbelievably high level. Their captain, though, one of the best defensive players I've ever seen play at Montana is Patrick O'Connell. Here's what he had to say on why the Grizz defense is operating at such a high level. What does it take? to run this defense, what does it take to execute at this high of a level?
2: I think the coaches definitely get us prepared. Um, it comes from the film, it comes from knowing what they're gonna be in, um, and then it comes from us just dialing it up and knowing what we're doing. Um, that's the most important thing, get everyone lined up and get communicated and running the right stuff that Coach Bear calls and um, it's basically your hair's on fire on third down, so that's that's the money down. We gotta go win every single third down. <sighs> Pat, you guys get
0: so much pressure from your linebacker spots. I mean, you're coming off the edge a lot, but also you're coming up the middle a lot, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, what factors go into just being able to execute the defensive scheme you guys run?
2: Hard coaching, definitely, number one. Um, guys buying into it and um, accepting their role and doing what what we're coached and taught. And I think everyone on the defense has accepted that. And there's a reason why, I mean, we shouldn't have gave up seven today anyway, but there's a reason why we've only given up seven points in two games. So um, it's it's awesome to see.
0: Even with a couple of big plays and a 25-yard touchdown run, the Grizz defense still, they only gave up 209 yards total, and they only gave up 12 first downs, and they kept South Dakota State off the board until there was six minutes and 27 seconds left in the game. One of the architects of this, Kent Bear's the play caller, and he he really has a huge influence on this, but you have to imagine... That Bobby Houck, a defensive-minded head coach, a guy who loves playing defense, a guy that loves having his brand of football be defensively based, you have to think he loves uh, this Grizz unit. And uh, you can tell when he talks about it. He's trying to be understated about it. He doesn't want to hype him up too much. But he loves the way this unit plays. Here's what Bobby Houck had to say on why the Grizz can put so much pressure on opposing teams i mean as you've seen the defense evolve I mean how much is it just having so many guys that have so many reps playing it under their belts and how are you guys been able to be just so disruptive especially up front well we've got good speed so that
1: helps including up front so that the speed and the quickness is good um, the aggressiveness and then they have an understanding of support aiming points and we're good tacklers so if something breaks we get it down and knock it down pretty good and Go play the next one. It, it is uh, it's hard to deal with.
0: Coulter Nuanas, ESPN Radio. This is our ESPN College Game Day post-game recap. Thanks for listening on your podcast channels. Thanks for listening live on your radio. we got some NFL coming up here on ESPN uh, Montana uh, momentarily. But the Bobcats, a 63-13 win over Moorhead State, and the Grizzlies, the game we spent most of this time analyzing – a 24-7 win over South Dakota to move to 2-0. The Grizz have been very impressive. I think they're very warranted in their uh, number two ranking nationally. I thought their offensive line looked okay in week one and good in week two. If they keep making progress like that, it's going to be a good thing for Montana. I think their defense is operating at such an unbelievably high level. They're dictating games. They're dictating the tone, the tempo, the pace. Uh, they're dictating it all, and I think that that's a product of – so many different things, uh, but it's certainly a direct reflection on their coaching staff and uh, the work that these guys put in and the training that these players have put in as well. Their physical conditioning and their mental sharpness is uh, second to none. Pretty, pretty impressive to watch so far earlier in the season. What does it all mean, though? I thought Montana was going to win the league this year. I still do. I think they're a very uh, impressive and veteran-laden and disciplined squad. But are they there on a truly national level? Of course they are there. I mean, they're the number two team in the country. But can they make a run at the whole thing? Can they make a run at the national championship? We'll see. But standing in their way, I've seen North Dakota State now live in person, I think 10 times over the last five years. We've seen the elephants, so to speak. They're unbelievably well coached. I mean, everything I just said about Montana, North Dakota State is that but they've done it at an unbreakable and almost peerless level over the last decade. Well, how close is Montana to North Dakota State? Make no mistake, the powers of the FCS now lie in the Treasure State and in the Dakotas. South Dakota, a really good team, and they're almost pulling up the rear there. And North Dakota has also been very good lately, and South Dakota, North Dakota, they're right there, but they're not NDSU and they're not South Dakota State. Those are the number one and two teams in the United States other than Montana and Montana State. Those are your big four right now. South Dakota has played against North Dakota State many times. They've seen them in the Missouri Valley. They see them on film all the time. So that's what we'll conclude with. Here's what Bob Dielson had to say about how does Montana stack up on a national level. How does Montana stack up with the Bison?
4: Uh, you know, they're very comparable, I think, to a Valley team. Uh, you know, uh, offensively, I think their offensive line's really physical. Um, you know, and they're big, uh, bigger than, than, you know, I, I think uh, advertised. I thought that's a good-looking group. Looks a lot like a Valley offensive line. Obviously, the quarterback's a very good player. Um, their perimeter guys are good. Um you know, defensively, uh, they're pretty unique uh, in terms of what they do. Um, and uh, I think it makes them, you know, makes them hard to move the ball against because you just, you know, you don't play a lot of teams that, uh, that, that pressure you and do the kinds of things that they do. And, and uh, um, it makes them a, a very difficult one-game uh, uh, preparation
1: national championship aspirations for Montana here, and that means going through North Dakota State usually. And team, you guys see a lot in the Valley. After seeing Montana, how do you, how
4: do you think they match up with the Bison? Um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how they're going to match up. I, I You know, they're, they're a good football team. I mean, it's going to take a very good – they play like they did today. It's going to take a really good football team to beat them. Um, and then you add to the fact, you know, that – you know, they're playing at home where where their crowd helps them. You know, we had a couple of procedure calls today that uh, at inopportune times when we were actually moving the football a little bit. Um, it's a tough environment to play as a visiting team. Um, and so, uh, um, like I said, you know, when I started, they've got a really good football team. Um, yeah, know, I'm sure uh, going to cause uh, people in the big sky a lot of problems.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to catch us on Monday at 4 p.m. for Nuana's Now, my daily radio show, on every uh, weekday from 4 to 6 p.m., ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. 4 o'clock on Monday, we'll get things kicked off at the Montana Football Hour. Myself, Riley Corcoran, will have a discussion about all things Grizz, Bobcats, Big Sky Conference, FCS, and college football as a whole. And then stick around. 5 o'clock, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, Marty Mornoweg. 26 years in the NFL, now our lead NFL analyst at ESPN Montana. Uh, Excited to have Marty uh, in on the show as well to break down week one of all NFL play. We'll see you then. In the meantime, enjoy your NFL Sunday. Enjoy uh, your weekend, and thanks so much for following along. This has been our ESPN College Game Day post-game recap here on ESPN Radio and on your various podcast hosting networks. We'll see you at 4 p.m. for Nuanas Now on Monday. In the meantime, be good.